Welcome back, everybody, to the No Business Podcast. Uh, we hope you're enjoying our quarantine series and obviously staying safe out in a difficult times. Um, being that it's Thursday, uh, we are back to our regularly scheduled programming with uh, an episode with a great interview that uh, Jordan will discuss. Yes, the, today's episode, we feature Mike Schiavo, also known as Mikey. Uh, the mastermind behind our intro music on the podcast, an incredibly, incredibly talented musician uh, based in Los Angeles. You've probably seen him on The Voice season 10. Uh, we talk about that a bit and a lot of his career and where he's come from and uh, his growth and development as a person and, and as an artist. So we really hope you enjoy that. All right. Joining us on the show now, we have the incredibly talented, the mastermind behind our intro music, uh, Mike Schiavo, also known as Mikey. How we doing? Jordy, Jordy, Jordy. I'm doing good. And Zach, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. Yep. Doing okay. Just still Great striving, to the, still, uh, still uh, doing the best podcast in the world right now, so... Yeah, that's what I'm talking with about. With the best no intro business. music. With the best intro music. I tried my best, guys. No, I mean, uh, speaking yeah. for myself, I mean, the intro music is, I think, hands down the best part of the show. I, hands down. I mean, I disagree. I love the banter. The banter is the best part of the show. Well, thank you. All right, cool. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep saying something, and then you didn't. I thought I was Zach like, was going to jump too in. Long to talk. Dude, I'm just saying it's like weird. It's 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 difficult when like you don't see the part, the cup, you know, the two people that you're talking to, and you don't know when somebody else is going to speak or keep going or have another question. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Try yeah. to pick up on vocal cues. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we make it work. <laughs> sort of hopefully we try to yeah, you gotta exactly. keep we that try. awkward silence in the podcast oh Don't absolutely and all of this too absolutely <laughs> for sure um zach you start um mike uh i i think the listeners would just like to know kind of just talk about yourself how you got started with with uh music how you developed the passion for it stuff like that yeah well i mean I don't know how I've developed the passion. The passion just kind of, it hit me pretty uh, intensely from the start. I mean, I was never, I don't think growing up I had any interest in music, which is what I've always found interesting. I was like super into baseball and thought I was going to play baseball. And and then I did a random school report on uh, Elvis Presley. And like, when you say like your life can change, like just changes by suddenly coming into it, that was that moment. Like, I had never, like, I liked music, but I never was that interested in it. And I did this school report on Elvis, and something about it just hit me in this way where I, like, immediately was like, I need to get a guitar. I need to, I want to start <laughs> doing this. It was, it was, there was just something about, I guess, the, uh, his, his charisma and the music, just, I don't know. But uh, that's where it really, it hit me. And that was probably when I was, like, 12, 13 years old. Hmm. Um, like and, blossoming uh, age. I, yeah, <laughs> that Christmas I all I wanted was a guitar, and my parents got me a guitar. Um, and then it was all downhill from there, folks. That couldn't be further from the <laughs> truth. The rest <laughs> is history. We learned about it in textbooks. 
<laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that's where it started. And I know, I mean, I started playing guitar and I taught myself guitar, and I didn't really start singing until probably a few years after I started playing. I was super shy about singing. It took me a long time to even sing in front of like anybody like any of my best friends at that time or like my family and I would always only sing when no one was around like when the house was empty and it was uh it was interesting it was it's weird because I feel like I hear so many people talk about how they got into music and all they did was sing in front of people and perform and I was like the complete opposite of that interesting uh how long did it take you to teach yourself guitar um, not really long, which is, it's, which is just so interesting that I never had an interest in it prior to that, like, report, like, like, I picked up on it quicker than I probably picked up on anything to this day, like, more easier than I picked up on anything I've done. Um, it was almost like it was just, I was just waiting for me, almost kind like of, definitely. like, I was, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just, I just, I picked up on it really quickly. I can barely remember a time where I didn't know how to play it now. Wow. Um, and I remember even going, my parents finally, I started taking guitar lessons, like, after I had already kind of taught myself a lot of the, the basics. So, like, me going to guitar lessons ended up just being, like, me and the guitar teacher jamming with each other. And eventually my parents were like, well, we're not going to pay for you to just go, like, play guitar with this guy. If you're not learning anything. <laughs> so, yeah, what could go wrong? Just, uh, you know, a 13-year-old yeah, so, like, playing guitar with a... Uh older gentleman and yeah yeah so we just just (laughs) that that wasn't that long lasting because i had already kind of taught myself so much of uh what i really needed to do and it just continued from there playing and eventually starting to like write music which opened up a whole nother like section of it that i never saw coming and now that's what i'm probably doing 80 percent of the time is there is there some, I know you mentioned uh, with that paper with Elvis, is there like some, some musician or band or singer who kind of shaped your work or that you admire and take from? Oh, I don't know. I can never pinpoint anybody. I mean, I, I cannot, Elvis is the one I can pinpoint as really starting it for me and getting me interested and gave me the initial passion. Um, I mean, I've, I've gone through so many phases of like, styles of music that I've been into so I feel like I've picked up a lot of stuff along the way like my dad listened to nothing but the Beatles pretty much growing up so I mean John Lennon Paul McCartney's like songwriting definitely was like I think something that helped get me interested in like oh I could I should try to write a song like I really love their writing and but then I was also in bands at first like not really in the more mainstream stuff I was playing in bands like pop punk bands and I was into like Mayday Parade and all the everything in the Warp Tour scene, and I think that kind of what I took from that was a lot of like the heart in music because there's a lot of like heart in those lyrics and a lot of like passion in there. Um, and then as time went on, like getting into like more modern stuff like Maroon Five and um, like getting more into pop music, kind of like rounded it out as like okay, now I like I found kind of an area where I think I'm interested in maybe pursuing this lane as far as like what I want to write and what stuff I like to sing the most. And it's, there, there's, I could talk just for hours about like people that have influenced me because I listen to so much stuff, but I mean, those, those are kind of like the main ones that come to mind when I think of like what I've learned from different areas of everything. 
What were some of your pop punk band names coming up? <laughs> I was literally going to ask that. <laughs> pop punk band names. That's always a good talking point, you know? Um, the first, I will say the first band I was in, I feel like lasted longer than the average person's like first band where like you just get friends <laughs> together and start playing kind of crappy music that you think is really great. Um, cause like our first, my first band, I actually played drums cause I had, I had taught myself to play drums at some point Damn. in middle school. Um, so I played drums and sang in a band called Our Last Hours. <laughs> Whoa. I just got the chills. Super deep. (laughs) Um, And I mean, we played, we were like, we played shows for like a few years. Like, I feel like the average, like random first band is like, okay, we're going to try this. And then like two months later, it's like, we can't do this. Um, But we played like a good amount of shows. And I eventually started playing guitar instead of drums. Um, So our last hours was the OG. Um, And then... I started playing shows by myself as Spots, which was just the uh, the old nickname back in middle school and high school. And nice. I went by that. And then I played in a band called A Lot Like You, Ooh. Um, which did not last very long. <laughs> um, and I also accidentally changed my uh, personal Facebook URL to A Lot Like You when I was trying to make the band Facebook. So that's a, a that'll last the test of time because I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> um, and then I played uh, for a little bit in, in good old Dan Brink's uh, Summer Skyway. I played guitar. You Dan know, Brink, Summer bit. Skyway. How I met Dan Brink and how I met you after, after that meeting you stemmed from being best friends with Dan for all those years. So there's that common ground. Damn. It was way back um, in the day. I don't know. I played I played bass for two weeks in a hardcore band called of Divinity and Humanity in high school. Ooh. I had no clue what I was doing. I just played the same note over and over again and hope no one noticed. How much different is playing bass than playing like a regular guitar? I don't know if that sounds ignorant, but <laughs> I honestly don't know. So ignorant. You're so ignorant. I know, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> um I would say it's not crazy different, but I know I know incredible bass players that would probably disagree. Um, but that's because they have a knowledge of it that I just don't. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, the the basics, the basic thought on it is that if you can play guitar, you can fake your way through playing bass at least because all the notes are the same. Um, but then there's like a another level of being good at bass that like you have to be good at bass to do and i can't do that so there is definitely a difference but you can also definitely fake it like i did in that band <laughs> right okay and i think that's i think that's all my uh high school bands i can't uh some great names though for sure oh yeah oh yeah we like to ask those questions because we can we can sort of see the evolution and the transformation of the artist through their band names <laughs> as they grow and develop yeah, I don't know if uh, any of my band names grew. They all stayed pretty. Uh, they kind of plateaued at awkward high school <laughs> band names. That's the best, though. <laughs> the best ones. Good, good times, though. Good times. <laughs> Lots of growth. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you, uh, you're out of the bands. You're doing your own thing. You transitioned from being Mike Schiavo to Mikey. 
Uh, talk us through that sort of shift in identity and uh, what brought yeah, that about. I mean, there was a whole, I feel like, identity shift even before that. Okay. Which was being just Mike Schiavo and moving to L.A. And as, as that was still going on. Um, and I feel like, especially once I moved to L.A., that's where you really start to learn some lessons because you're way more hands-on with the business itself and like meeting people and learning okay um, so let me let me change my question then so i i went a little bit too ahead of myself so <laughs> what brought about that uh becoming mike schiavo the artist and the move to la and uh all that came with that then yeah the yeah the the move to la was as I remember it, and I feel like Dan would even be able to, I feel like he'd agree, is that, because we moved here at the same time, obviously. Which was how long ago? Um, Oh my goodness, almost five years ago. Five years, wow. Yeah, June will be five years. Um, it happened fairly quickly. I mean, I can't, I can't really remember the the uh, time span, but I, I can, I can vividly picture being in uh dan's kitchen when i said like we could just move to la like we could, <laughs> like we can move to la like it's definitely possible and then like i feel like within six months we were moving to la <laughs> wow that's I insane could be wrong. i really can't remember the exact like timing of it um i just know that i was in a very like weird place personally and like I felt like I hadn't been taking advantage of um, my time properly and I felt kind of stuck and not really knowing what to do next and I played a lot of shows around New Jersey and like the air like Philly and I'd done like the circuit there and I just kind of hit a standstill and there was just other personal stuff going on where I was like I don't know what I'm doing here Mm. Um, so the idea of kind of just picking up and going to LA which is a place I'd only spent a little bit of time but had this obviously has this uh aura around it as a musician where you're like that's it that's where I want to be that's where I got to get right um so we figured that out and I think it was a huge part of like what became like a bunch of steps of me like growing in like every way possible, like as a person and uh, obviously as like a musician and a songwriter and everything. And um, it was a big, it was a big jump, but it brought me uh, here and a lot of shit tap. So I don't know. Am I allowed to say shit? Sorry. No, you can fucking say as much shit as you fucking want, Mikey. <laughs> All right. Fucking great. God damn you. This is an explicit <laughs> show. All right. Good to know. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been now. Uh, so much has happened <laughs> since we've been here, and some of it was pretty shitty and terrible. And I've were hard learned lessons, and then some things have been amazing. And now it's been sorting through all that, and all of that kind of led to uh, the first question you brought up, which is that all all of that over the past few years is what led to the transition to. Um, making my project Mikey instead of uh, just my full name. I felt, I felt, I felt like I hit almost another strange standstill. 
um, like I did in New Jersey in this, where probably in more a more of a creative sense of um, trying to figure out like who am I as an artist and what kind of music do I really love and want to put out and um, I learned so much about songwriting since I've been here that that was a big thing because I started working with new people and writing with new people and finally hitting like a point where I was like oh this new music is something different than I was doing and it felt weird putting it out with the identity I had kind of like created already um, if that makes any sense I don't yeah know. yeah no that makes sense you sort of wanted to like start fresh almost right yeah I mean that yeah I definitely wanted to start fresh it's especially with just a lot of the kind of like more negative stuff that had gone on in my first few years here like I felt so much I felt kind of weighed down by it and a way that I felt like I could really benefit my career and just my well-being was to kind of like do something that felt new and felt like a new start and that brings on its own troubles but it was just like a it was kind of a release of some stuff I had been holding on to I felt like Mm. so uh you mentioned it in that answer but uh I wanted you to elaborate on one of those uh tougher or more harsh reality like tough love lessons that you learned uh whether it was when you first came out here or when you're switching uh your sort of identity and uh learning more about yourself in the industry Oh, there's, there's a bunch of them. Let's see. I don't know. What, Maybe just uh, one that sticks out. There Maybe is, something yeah, you learned the most few... from, or it was the hardest to process, or... Hmm, the hardest to process. Not necessarily, just one that one that you uh, feel that um, impacted you Taught a you lot. the... Yeah. Um, one, I mean, I could probably pinpoint two main ones. Um the first kind of being I guess they both I guess what made it so feel so intense is that two of my main ones kind of were happening simultaneously like on top of each other which is probably why it felt so heavy right like felt so like much like it was dragging me down um I guess the first one that really started some of it is I mean I was on the voice when I came out here and um that was uh an experience in itself so much incredible like memories from it and so much i learned that was positive like mostly positive stuff so i don't want to sound like i'm talking down i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry to interrupt but i was literally gonna bring that up next because the first time mike the first time jordan ever brought up your name ever to me was like, oh, Dan Dan was on The Voice. His uh, his friend Mike was performing, da-da-da. And that's the first time I ever heard your name or heard you sing ever. Well, I hope you didn't hate it. Not at all. It was great. Dan Brink, Dan Brink the star of The Voice season 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good reaction shots to Dan in that. Uh, Team yeah. Adam, correct? <laughs> Team Adam, yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've already brought up Maroon 5, so obviously that was a huge high of the yeah be around him and um but i mean you go into anything like that with no matter how much you tell yourself you're not gonna have expectations there's no way of stopping yourself from having expectations about pretty much anything in life um so put yourself in like that kind of position you're obviously you're gonna like 
not be able to stop your brain from being like, I hope this happens, or I hope, I hope I go this far, I hope I'm able to do this, or I hope this goes, whatever, whatever it is, like, um, so it was a pretty short-lived experience on that show, which was, I felt like harder to deal with just because they really like pumped me up <laughs> on it. Um, and like really like they, I felt like I was, and maybe this was, maybe this might be completely ego and <laughs> me at the time just being like, oh, I feel like I'm in a good position or I feel like I'm doing well. Um, so when you're well, in that I- mindset and then it kind of like comes to a halt prematurely, obviously it leaves you sitting in like a position where you're like, well, what the fuck do I do now? (laughs) Like what is next? So that was definitely one of the bigger things just cause I, it's, I don't know. You you don't know what to take from it in the moment. It's a very like overwhelming (laughs) experience. I feel like, as you can imagine. So would you Um, say that was your, uh, one of your biggest takeaways from being on the show and that whole experience? I think my I think a a big takeaway from it was not, I guess managing expectations a little bit because um, I don't um I know myself well enough to know that I'm never you're and this is like you could probably both of you could probably relate to this in your own ways of like you you can't just tell yourself don't expect anything because it's not how like our minds work. Would you agree? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, just I would agree. Um, like you go into everything with. It's the cliche, corny saying: "Hope for the best, prepare for the worst." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you don't prepare for the worst. <laughs> sometimes, like, sometimes you're just you're like, even if it's not not in like a cocky way, but sometimes it's just like, I'll deal with it when it happens, and yeah, you don't just... think too much about it. And I feel like that's kind of what I experienced, where I didn't really. I didn't have any expectations that I was going to like go blow up after anything. Like I had very healthy expectations going into it, but I definitely like didn't tell myself like what I should feel if it didn't go great. Um, so I think managing expectations is something I learned from it. And then, I mean, on top of that, like I said, I, the two things that were kind of happening, happening simultaneously um, the second one being one that lasted a bit longer, but it was kind of starting around the same time was it's easy to kind of just fall into um, friendships and business relationships that aren't uh, the best <laughs> for you, especially in a city like this where there's so many different types of people. Right. Um, so I was in a situation with with someone who I worked creatively with that was not a healthy really friendship or creative partnership. Um, and I think that on top of all the doubts that I kind of had already piling on from the other experience really dragged out this like period of time where I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like what is going on right, right now? Um, so, I mean, those two things really combined in the moment sucked. Um, the, the voice one, I personally got over that one fairly quickly it was just I, I i needed a readjustment period where i was like all right well this is what life is now this is different right um but the other one the the negative relationship friendship 
dragged on for a long more like for a much longer time um so that one was kind of like a big part of when i started more recently working on new music with people i really really loved and trusted and um felt so much safer around like as a in a like from a friendship and like trust standpoint that was that really affected like what I like affected me wanting to shed some of that heaviness that I had into kind of like and that's kind of what the first song I put out as Mikey is called Bitter and it's pretty much about that whole situation like it's about wanting to look back at it and not get myself stuck in it and wanting to not be so bitter (laughs) bitter about it and try to be a little more um productive in the way i think about it instead of being so negative that song is on my playlist and i listen to it every day great stuff seriously (laughs) thanks yeah Uh, we're big fans over here yeah jordan jordan had sent me that i forget when did you release that song Oh my goodness! January of last year, so it's been out for over a year now. Yeah, he had he had sent me that. He was like, "Oh, check out Mikey's new song," and I did, and it's been on my playlist ever since. Jordy, thank you for sharing. Spreading the good Back, word, thank Mikey. You for for I do. Hope you're pumping some iron to that song or something. Oh, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That's what I like yeah. to hear. Uh, what else you have, Zach? Honestly, my next question was going to be about his inspiration for Bitter, but he had Mike. Mike beat me to it. <laughs> Damn, he's just that right good at in. this. He knows Seriously. the question we're going to ask before we even say anything. I I foresaw it all. <laughs> you guys, you guys can just hang up. I'll just take it from here. Okay, great. Uh, that's going to do it for <laughs> cool. me and Zach. Uh, Mike's going to take it from here. He's going <laughs> to take over the show. Hope you enjoy. I mean, I keep I keep Ma- hearing Ma- on the podcast that you're looking for a new host anyway. Yes, yeah. absolutely. This is perfect. Okay, so uh, do you want it to be the host? Because, I mean, this is the whole application process. Ooh, is that I mean, if you say yes process? right now, then you're the next host. So it's no business. You know what? I don't think I could handle it. I think you guys do. My, Mike's going to make the intro make the intro music, be the host, create all the content. It should be his show now. <laughs> it's yours if he wants it. I ain't got no business hosting no business. Neither no do business. we. <laughs> I guess that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's funny. You crazy kids. But no, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you after the show about the uh, host. All oh, right. We'll talk. Right. We'll talk. Cool. 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 <laughs> word, word. All right. Cool. <laughs> He's just at, at peace with it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. I mean, I mean, with this crisis happening, it's the podcast is really the only thing I have to to work on. So if you take that away from me, I don't know what I have. (laughs) Ooh, so I have another question, Mikey. So this just came to me. How is the coronavirus affecting the music industry right now? Oh my goodness, it's a fucking mess, Jordy. (laughs) Give it to me. um, Literally, right before I hopped on with you. I had just had to post a bit. Oh my God, I never even posted. I'm looking at it now. Well, I thought I had posted something that apparently, okay, now it posts. Um, I mean, I just got three shows canceled on me. No way. Um, which I don't blame them for at all. I mean, obviously it's, there's some crazy shit happening right now. Yeah. And um, concerts, unfortunately, are a, 
hot spot when it comes to people being close together. So they're definitely, I can't, I definitely can't blame these things for happening, but I think I I had written something on Facebook yesterday just because it was, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I've been thinking about it since whenever last week South by Southwest had gotten canceled. Yep. Um, And it's just, I think, yeah, you see it and it's so crazy, but I think it's so easy for people who don't, really know how much goes into planning those events like how many people actually are affected by things like that getting canceled like it's it's much deeper than just oh these artists are no longer going to play this thing or um or with Coachella like or whatever being pushed back it's it's easy to look at it and be like oh well these are all a lot of famous people playing these things they're going to be fine like but it's it's not that. I mean, there's thousands of people um, who are in the same whatever financial situations as we are, who depend completely on like freelancing at these events, um, whether it's caterers or like crew, stage crew, stage hands, and backing musicians, and all these people who just lost so much work over the next six months even like Coachella's how is June that's something that like we're looking at events being canceled over what I don't even know what month it is right now three so three months whatever three months of work is a lot to to lose out on and a lot of these events aren't prepared to be able to just pay these people so it's just lost wages and I mean my shows were smaller shows that got canceled so I mean all there's definitely people who have it way worse than me um, but it's it's crazy to see all of it happening. And I think it's important to like realize how many people's jobs and like lives are actually affected by all these cancellations. Right. Um, and I feel like it's heightened for us in here in L.A. Like because you obviously just come across more people in that in that um, like space. So like Zach in New Jersey, I don't know if that that's probably not something you, I guess, would think about as much as we might because we see are around more of those people i don't know mikey phillipsburg new jersey is a hot spot for uh (laughs) the music scene you know the festivals and everything it's it's a hot i would say so are you do you work at a arena or anything or do you work at offices yeah so um i work at i work at both so i have at the arena i have an office and then at the training facility i have an office and i'm on a work from home until further notice the leagues the soccer leagues that i work for have suspended play for 30 days. So until that point, kind of just working from home. Yeah, so you're seeing it from the same – you can see it from the same perspective I'm explaining it from then because, like, obviously, obviously you get – you're able to work from home, luckily. But I'm sure there's people in the sports world that can't necessarily do their jobs oh, from yeah. home. Yeah, and actually um, I know in, in the NBA a big thing is, is that the people who run game days at the, at the you know, the arenas are hourly and won't be able to get paid. And there's NBA players stepping up to pay their salaries for, for the next month or two. Yeah, I did. I saw something about a player um, paying some salaries. I had seen it quick in passing, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is, but he probably they shouldn't be the ones doing that. It should be, oh, yeah, the, it should be the organization. Yeah, I saw, Mark but it's still Cuban. awesome. So Mark Cuban, I think, said something about that, which is great. Yeah, and he's probably one of the better ones, honestly, yeah. doing it. But Zion Williamson was the one, one of the ones I saw. Him and Blake Griffin were the ones 
uh, offering up to pay uh, their specific organizations hourly uh, staff members uh, salaries for the next month or so. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. But it, it, like, it's it's definitely true that it, the company I, and I'm not even I don't know nearly enough about business to say what anyone should do. Um, yeah, but like it's I can understand that it's obviously it's more difficult than just saying pay every, <laughs> pay everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but it's it's especially in the music world. It's like because technically I'm I'm a freelancer. I I'm my own business. Um, so there's no help or aid for someone like me getting canceled on um and that's how it is for so many of the people i know who are supposed to be working these festivals or going on tour they just pretty much every tour just got canceled within the last two days yeah Um, like it's crazy i've never seen anything like it before um and the amount of people i know that work gig to gig who finish a tour and then just hope to book another um, they're they're just out. There's nothing for them to do right now. Um, so it's kind of scary. It's it's scary to like think about the next three months are just up in the air for so many of us. Like so many people who don't have something that they can guarantee do for money. Like obviously, like you know, terrible situation. Like looking on the brighter side, does this like give you more time to work on like? stuff that you have coming up or like new stuff developing new stuff you read my mind stuff like that yeah uh from a creative standpoint yes um i mean it give it, it it forces the creative people to have more time to obviously work on whatever creative projects like for me i mean i can obviously i'm not going to be performing a good a handful of these shows and yeah um but i can still write like i can still be writing and planning it's it's hard to plan necessarily performance wise because at this moment we just we don't really know when things are picking back up yet um, yeah so from that standpoint there's nothing to really do um uh, but from a creative standpoint yeah i mean i luckily i can still be creative and i can still write and i can still record and i can still do all that stuff which is a great outlet um and i think that's similar for a lot of people in creative jobs where they're still able to you're still able to express yourself creatively in, in a time like this and if anything it might even spark some uh new ideas because you're seeing things in a way that i haven't really seen them before in the moment just because it's so strange right now i was just Definitely. talking to my dad on the phone yesterday and i've never talking about who neither of us even him has never really seen people react and everything be affected like it is right now yeah, these are dark times, for sure. Dark times. Yeah. Literally, it's gloomy today, which makes it feel scarier. Yeah. Yeah, this rain is perfect timing. Yeah, it's right now. Like it, two weeks straight. It's like the world's yeah. really ending. Yeah. Right now in New Jersey, it is like 70 and sunny. So it <laughs> okay, is well, fuck yeah. Yeah, perfect just, over here. We swapped out, I guess, because for the next like week and a half, it's supposed to be like 55 degrees and raining. Yeah. It's literally supposed to be in the 60s all day. I'm day drinking tomorrow. So we're oh, we're about then. We ain't letting we ain't I, I ain't letting this virus stop my good time. Yep. Well, <laughs> I mean, the coronavirus by so many people are like and that is one thing that like yeah though job stuff is terrible but like at the same time like live your life like, yeah enjoy like, life yeah no you're completely right completely right like the the fear is 
kind of like intense and more intense than maybe it should be in certain areas. Um, but like, there's still like, you, got, you still have to have some sort of like just normalcy to avoid like complete panic. Yeah. And I mean, you said it earlier, people are preparing for an apocalypse right now. Like this is oh, the yeah. end of days to some people. Yeah. And really that is just beyond me. I just can't comprehend that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I totally understand why it's like the scariest part of it to me is like, obviously you don't know who you're coming in contact with, who could be really horribly affected. And that I, I totally understand, but there's no reason that doesn't, that doesn't mean you go out and buy uh, 80 rolls of toilet paper. Right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, right. Like stay clean and stay out of groups and all of that. But what, what, why do you need so much toilet paper? No, like, <laughs> is it, is it, you can't hit it through like your asshole. I don't understand. Yeah, and like, or like, like, does it give you explosive diarrhea? diarrhea. It, it could, who knows? Maybe if you're uh, who I don't know. I was there and there's not a, there wasn't a single bottle of water, a single roll of toilet paper, a single box of pasta available at my grocery store. Oh my store God. Shit. It's <laughs> so strange. It is. It is definitely strange. I think people are, people are reacting out of panic and not really thinking logic <laughs> yeah um because none of these things people are purchasing are things that they can use to really stop the spread of anything they're just <laughs> preparing to be in a hole basically yeah preparing to yeah quarantine themselves in their houses yeah so yeah. it's i don't know it's there's also so much that apparently isn't really known about it so yeah. i also don't want to be ignorant Ooh. and be like i don't know yeah. i don't before be that's like damn i wish i had toilet paper now before I uh, got on the phone with you guys, I had saw a tw- uh, seen a tweet about uh, what's going on in China and about how, like, in February, there was 15,000 cases, like, in one day popped up. And, like, in the last week, in the last week, there's been 15. So it's slowing down over there. So hopefully. Well, I think here it is speeding up, though, which is the scariest uh, thing. Yeah, because I think some somebody said that, like, I think like China had just like got done with the peak of the whole thing, so it's coming this way, I guess. So we'll fantastic. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I have no idea yeah. what the heck is going on. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that's man. all anybody can Keeping do. Some yeah. normal day to day normalcy as as much as I can. Yeah, but uh, getting back to you and the music. Uh, so now that we're all quarantined and uh, in isolation and having more time to do our own things, uh, what does your like writing process look like? Um, how do you come up with like ideas, inspiration? Uh, do you do lyrics first or music first? Or take us through a little bit of uh, that process. Um, so much of that has like been learned over the past year, like even two years, three years. Um, cause I used to not write with anybody. I used to only write completely by myself and it would be whatever's going on in my life, which is still, um, where I start probably is just like, what I, what do I have going on is, um, to influence whatever concept I want to write about. Um, but now I've finally gotten really comfortable and met people that I really enjoy writing with, um, who have been able to like help me. I feel like just write better songs um whether it's their approach is different than mine 
because I I feel like I always I felt like I always used to write doing it simultaneously. Like I would kind of just play some chords on guitar or whatever, and a lot of the time it starts out as just mumbling and singing some melodies. And I feel like it used to be that I would kind of sing a line or something or a line or two in a melody that I liked, and I would take it from there. Whereas now I feel like I'm sitting more with kind of concept a little bit before I really dive in. Um, and I think more about here's what I have going on in my life. Here's how I can maybe write about it. Um, and I think more about the style of the song, how I want it to be. And I take it from there and I focus a lot on melodies and melodies and concept and then fill in some more lyrical blanks later on. Um, which has been pretty productive for me lately, but I don't really go in with a specific formula really just because I, I get very stuck by formula in general. I get way, way too in my head when somebody tells me like, this is how you should do it. Um, and then if I have trouble doing it like that, I get mad at myself because I'm like, well, this mm. is how you're supposed to do it. Right. So when I write, I try, I, I only have success writing when I like my mind is like kind of empty or like free of thinking like that. Um, I've always said that like anytime I sit down on a random day and tell myself, you're going to write a song. I never write a song. Mm. Like it just doesn't happen. But then if there's a day where I'm just sitting around and I pick up my guitar and I'm just kind of doing it, that's where a lot of the songs that I feel like I've loved that I've written have come from. Um, which is, or at least even if it's just me starting a concept like that and then taking it to somebody that I co-write with and, or a producer that I work with, um, so many of the ideas started, I would say 90% of the ideas, especially for my project, like songs I'm releasing as me started as like just me picking up a guitar me just playing piano or something and messing around. And very few of them started as me sitting down and being like, you're going to end the next hour, finish a song or something. So my process is kind of not having a process. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Because like you said, like if, you're, if you say, okay, I have to write a song today or in the next hour, blah, blah, blah. Like you're already putting your, that pressure on yourself. And yeah. um, I feel like the product won't be as uh, authentic or raw or whatever you want to call it. Right or wrong? I, I, correct me if I'm. I've never wrote. No, I wrong, think. So. I think so. But that's mean, what, that's... It's so hard to tell yourself to write something. <laughs> like it's right. It's so much pressure, and it's so when you're being creative, it's also I feel like your emotions are kind of heightened, so that it's easy to be really hard on yourself when it's not mm. happening. Yeah. So it's like I've been in so many situations where I'm like, why the fuck can't I just write? Like, why am I having so much trouble? And I'll get so worked up about it. Um, and then, I mean, I'll forget about it. And a couple of days later, I'll just be messing around and I'll write a song that I love. So it's, I, I still do it. So no matter how much I say it, I still get myself worked up. But it's always a reminder that it's like not a huge deal when I have those moments where I'm just messing around and I'm like, okay, I don't, totally suck like I can I can just kind of hang out and I'll be able to figure it out I need to stop being so hard on myself but 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll ever stop being hard on myself, unfortunately. I've <laughs> I've learned so far in my 25 year, almost 26 Which, years. Yeah, of life. but that's not necessarily a bad thing because uh, you're always pushing yourself. You know, you hold yourself to these higher standards and to meet those, it's just that much more rewarding, I feel. Because I'm the same way. I, I'm my, my own worst critic. Yeah. I mean, most people are. It's uh, and that's another thing to remind yourself of that I try to remind myself of is that like I'm not the only person like I'm not special for <laughs> for getting mad at myself like everyone is like this and it's something that I feel like almost every person with not even just in the creative world just in general like we're all so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what uh, out of the products you've done, songs you've written? Which one stands out to you as maybe your favorite, whether it's how it came out or the process during it or anything like that? Um, I don't know. I mean, Bitter was a special one just because it was the first song I wrote with uh, my friend Alan, Alan Maddox, who ended up being, who has become just like my probably most frequent collaborator. Um and a really good friend of mine and we write I think we write really well together um and it was the combination of it being that where it was kind of the start of that friendship and creative relationship um and then it also being the first song that I was like oh this is gonna be the I knew it I was like this is gonna be the first song I release as Mikey like I knew that was gonna be the first one it just summed up um how I felt about like where I was in life um, in a way that nothing else I was writing was summing it up. Um, so that, that has like a very special like place in the project to me, just cause it was, it, it's that song is the beginning of so much new stuff. Um, and then a couple months ago, I put out a song called some days, which is nice and sad. And um, as a finished prod product, it's not the cleanest song, like the way it was recorded, but it's a special one just because lyrically it's so personal and about like dealing with depression and anxiety. And I had recorded it in my bedroom and written it by myself on a day where I was feeling some type of way, obviously. Um, and I just kind of, I demoed it out, planning on re-recording it and producing it out with somebody later on. But I just like, I don't know, I kept thinking about it. And I was like, I don't think I can recreate the way this feels as a demo, like just the emotion in it. And I could listen to it and kind of take myself back to like, all the feelings I was feeling. So I just decided to release it as is like just me, my vocal and a piano that I recorded in my room, no fancy equipment and no, like I did it all myself, which is why it doesn't sound <laughs> amazing. Um, but that's I mean, just the spe- that was a special thing for me just to, because it was also, it was, it was a release in another way of being like, I feel like even since I've started being Mikey, I've still put so much pressure on myself that I was trying to shed before. So putting out a song that I did completely by myself was another release of being like, I don't need to wait for anybody to tell me what to do. I can just write my feelings and record it in my room and it's out in the world. And if people listen to it, cool. If they don't, it's still what it is to me. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Great answer. I try my best. I remember the first time, first time we listened to some days, like I got chills <laughs> and like my, I teared up. Like I, cause you, you, like you felt that listening to it, like, holy shit, this is, 
so personal and raw and just like right now I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Jordy, Jordy. <laughs> I don't know, but I, yeah, you're incredibly talented and you're way too hard on yourself. You're, you're freaking amazing. So are you, Jordan. (laughs) Oh, come on. No, what about you? This is about you. You're the guest. Yeah, but you're uh, (laughs) flipping the script. Flipping the script. I mean, we do our best, you know. That's all we can do. Like Zach said, it's all we can do, you know. That's all you can do. Try our best. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Zach, do you have anything else? No, I'm good. This has been great. Okay. Well, just my last uh, thing then. So um, what are some of your goals now for this coming year, the next couple of years, next month even? What's on the docket for Mikey coming up? What's on the docket? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I can't say I can make a goal for next month because who knows what the heck's going on in the next yeah, month. Yeah, that's probably not um, the best, uh, well, the I best have time a, frame. Yeah. But... <laughs> I have a song coming out on April 3rd called too young so that song's coming out mark the calendars um, so in the immediate future you can be quarantined and listen to it because it's on the internet um but then more long-term goals i don't know i mean i'm trying i i do still feel like i'm in a very much like learning portion of my life where i feel like i'm still learning a lot about myself and a lot about my abilities and like learning more about songwriting so my me my goals for this year have been really focused on just becoming the best I can be when it comes to writing and being better about meeting and working with new people and just kind of working harder than I did last year I'm always trying to make sure I'm working as hard as I can as long as it's a reasonable amount like without pushing myself to the bone like um so yeah it's just trying to improve in any ways that I can and hopefully becoming the best I can be as a writer can lead to some uh new opportunities definitely and yeah I I completely share that sentiment Uh, I think we can all work on ourselves as much as we possibly can to uh become the best versions of ourselves yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal, baby. So, uh, where can the people listen to your music, follow you, interact with you, anything? Uh, the music's the music's everywhere that music is, on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, uh, Amazon, all the places. Literally anywhere you can find music, it's there. Fantastic. Um, and then. I think all my social medias are just I am Mikey Music and uh Damn right you yeah. are and then I'll I... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the one and only. The one and only, except not <laughs> because it's a first name. Nah, but you're the only Mikey. <laughs> you're the only one that matters. Oh, thanks, Jordy. <laughs> you're the only one that's good. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> no, say it, say it. <laughs> Put him on blast. <laughs> Put the other Mikey's on blast. You've done <laughs> it for me. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us then. Unless, right. uh, Zach, you had anything else? No, I'm good. Thanks, Mike. It's oh, been great. My yeah. boy, great, my great boy. Discussion. Thanks for having me. I've, I was always, I, always welcome Everyone back. has to know that I forced you guys to have yeah. me on here. <laughs> no. right, we're going to cut that out. No, you got to keep it in. It's the truth. Tell the people <laughs> the truth. No, no. You didn't force us. I mean, we were going to have you on eventually, of course. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, no. You definitely didn't guilt me into it. I totally did. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It, well, it didn't feel like it at all. I promise <laughs> you that. You know me. I would say so. All right. I'll try. But, great. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Mikey, for uh, chatting with us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, and we look forward to hearing more more projects from you, more growth Seriously. and development, everything. Thanks. Same with you guys. Uh, I'm excited you guys are doing this whole thing. Thank you. Yeah, we do our best. We're trying. We're trying we out here. We definitely try. <laughs> you succeed. You're doing it. I was going to say, maybe the, yeah, we may true. not succeed, but we're you trying. You succeed. You're doing it, and that's the really what matters. You're going for it. Right back this is what our sixth episode. This is gonna be our sixth episode. Hey, we're yeah, we're getting there. Can't we're stop doing the train it. now. Yeah, we're getting Seriously. closer and closer and closer to sixty nine. <laughs> is that gonna be the final episode? That's the goal. Oh man, <laughs> that is gonna be the pinnacle of no business. <laughs> I can't wait. That will be a special episode. <laughs> I'm sure, I can't wait to listen to it. The oh, ideas man. are already rolling. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There's steam coming out of my ears right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, Mikey. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks again for being here with us. And uh, Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, bro. Talk to you later. Bye. Peace. All right. Well, uh, we really hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, We had a blast chatting with Mikey. Uh, I want to thank him again for coming on. Uh, go stream his music. Uh, he's so fucking talented. He deserves it. All the different platforms. Uh, go follow him on socials uh, at I am Mikey Music. Also, make sure to look out for Mikey's new single, Too Young, coming out April 3rd on all his platforms. If it's anything like his uh, other music, it's going to be fire, and we're really looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah. on behalf of me and Jordan, that's probably going to do, do it for us today. Uh, stay tuned for another installment of the quarantine series dropping tomorrow. Stay safe. Damn right. Show keeps rolling, baby. See you tomorrow.